welcome to the Giving Voice to Depression podcast, produced in partnership with the A.B. Corcor Foundation for Mental Health. I'm Terry, the creator and co-host of this podcast. I've lived with depression most of my life, and I know how easy it can be to feel all alone in the experience. I'm not alone, and you aren't either. And I'm Dr. Anita Sands, a licensed clinical psychologist and life coach with a number of my own diagnoses, all of which bring a certain amount of anxiety and depression along with them. There is great power in shared experiences. We share our own as we engage in intimate and candid conversations with our weekly guests, exploring different perspectives on and experiences with depression. We keep it real because depression is real. We keep it hopeful because there truly is hope in spite of what depression tells you. Hi, Terry. Hello, Anita. So the idea for this episode came from a conversation that you and I had before recording the last episode. And mm-hmm. we were talking about year-end responsibilities. And you mentioned that from late October through January, one of the main topics you address as a clinical psychologist is preparing clients for the upcoming holidays and then discussing the aftermath in the new year. Since we don't all have access to good advice and a good therapist, I asked you if you were willing to share the advice that you give your clients with all of us, and you said yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) We wanted to post this episode in November before Thanksgiving and all the upcoming December holidays, including Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, and New Year's Eve, so that you have this information to use if you need or you want to as you head into the holiday season. And before we dive in, we want to acknowledge that not everybody who has depression um, is dreading or has apprehensions about the upcoming holidays, and not everybody who is has depression, but there is a pretty good overlap, and I know I myself am one of those people for whom there's overlap. So let's start right there. Anita, why are the holidays hard for so many people, especially people with depression? I think the number one, I mean, I'm going to give several reasons, but the number one reason, especially if you're dealing with depression, is that there is obviously an increase in the expectations that you have of yourself and the energy demands surrounding the holidays. So, you know, the increase in expectations and energy demands is true for everybody, I think. But if you are already operating at sort of a deficit level or, or just keeping your head above water uh, with fatigue and with depression, as you enter that season, it is even more challenging. And I'm, I'm imagining that you have experienced that yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. yes. And, you know, cro- chronic fatigue relapses in the holidays for me do not do not bode well either. So, mm-hmm. so that's that's one reason why it why it can be really tough. Um, the second, and I know I know we're going to talk a lot more about this, is that the holidays are sort of synonymous in many cultures with family, mm-hmm. um, family traditions, family involvement, and family get-togethers. So, if there's a loss of family, if there's estrangement, dysfunction, stressful interactions. Um, that's another reason why just thinking about the holidays means having to think about those those you know situations too. And there's very often fallout when you choose not to engage. Yes, yes. Even if it's self-protective. 
definitely when it needs to be self-protective. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's definitely one of those things I talk with my clients a lot about is, you know, how how are you going to set limits and, and be assertive and get out of this idea that you're going to be able to make everybody happy or or okay with your decisions. So it's, it's tricky. This is kind of, it kind of feels sometimes like a minefield, you know, dealing mm. with, with family stuff. Another reason the holidays are tough, and I think this just gets more and more true every year, is that there are financial realities to the holidays. Oh, yeah. Uh, and people really struggle feeling, you know, like I don't have enough. I can't give enough. I can't do enough. If I do what I want to do, I'm going to end up, you know, seeing those credit card bills come in in January. And then, you know, the spring through the even through the summer or beyond can feel like just trying to make up for Mm -hmm. um, decisions about making purchases and trying to give gifts and things. And then finally, this kind of goes along with energy demand issues. But Everything gets disrupted. School, work schedules, mm-hmm. uh, sleep schedules, your normal habits of self-care and nutrition um, yeah. all take a hit. So for people who are managing and, you know, they're they're doing okay or they're not doing okay, but they're maintaining. And then you throw in all of these energy demands and disruptions in normal habits and routines and schedules. That's a major stressor. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it is. So, yeah. <laughs> so what's your advice? Just the professional, if some you know, not to oversimplify it, but just some some good mm-hmm. rules of thumb, things that you have told your clients that you have gotten mm-hmm. feedback and, and found out they actually do work or help. Yeah, yeah, and we're going to get into some specific strategies, but just like some general rules of thumb, like what are the things that I find myself saying a lot, you know, in, in the, during these months, first of all, even though you said to not oversimplify it, that's actually the first thing that I say is, listen, your, your goal that you could set for yourself is to simplify (laughs) as much as you possibly can pare down your expectations of yourself and of other people so that they as close as possible match reality. So that is the first thing that will set you in the best place possible to get through the holidays. Doing better is don't try to meet unrealistic expectations. And then the second thing is remember you you are the co-creator of your holiday experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the right and the responsibility for doing what is meaningful to you and healthy for you, and saying no to anything that you really don't want to do or is unhealthy for you. And, you know, I I come from a a family that was in the military. And, you know, we used to call certain things command performances. They were like things you could not get out of and you had to show up for with bells on. Um, And so if you have some of those command performances that you just you can't say no to it, you're going to have to find a way through it. Remember, as a co-creator of it, we're going to try to find healthy compromises. We're going to try to maintain your needs um, and meet those as best as possible, even with a command performance situation. And we're going to try to reduce as many of those energy demands on you as possible so that it matches the energy that you do have heading into the holidays. And so far, we're sort of focusing on family commitments and Mm -hmm. social engagements. And there are a lot of people like myself who are often alone for the holidays, which brings on its own difficulties and emotions and can really Mm -hmm. exacerbate depression. So Mm -hmm. talk about that a bit, please. 
This is probably one of the most difficult things for people to do is if, especially if holidays have always been about family or they're feeling that, that pressure to, to be a part of a family and they don't have that, um, what we have to kind of do is help you find the meaning in the holiday for yourself. You know, what do you want to celebrate? Um, if anything, what kinds of traditions from your past do you want to maintain or do you want to alter? I will usually ask people to say, you know, to themselves, okay, fill in the blank. Um, it isn't the holidays without. And then, you know, they might say, you know, baking this cookie recipe of my grandmother's mm -hmm. or, you know, going to, you know, midnight mass or, you know, decorating or putting up as many lights as I can throw in my front yard, you know. <laughs> Pumpkin pie with way too much uh, whipped cream on top. That's one of mine. Ooh, that sounds very good. <laughs> yeah, there might be a ton of traditions that you want to maintain. And again, if you have the energy for it, that's great. Um, but I, I ask people to really stop and think about what are you celebrating? Because there's many, many ways, for example, if if Thanksgiving is about food or family or football or um, getting ready to, you know, to, to decorate for upcoming holidays, um, if it's about gratitude and and feeling thankful and thinking of the people that you're thankful for in your life, whatever it is to you, that can give you a little bit of a kind of a blueprint for what do you want to have be a part of your holidays if you're going to be celebrating alone. Mm -hmm. um, you can start sitting down and writing out um, cards and they don't have to be, you know, holiday cards. They can just be, I was, I was wanting to let you know how important you are in my life and mm -hmm. I'm thankful for you cards. Mm -hmm. um, you can do that while alone and feel very connected. Again, I just ask people to think about what is it that the holidays mean to you and what are the traditions or or the things about the holiday that that it just won't wouldn't feel that way without you know that person um now that being said if it's not the holidays without and we've lost somebody and so that's what you're struggling with is the the loneliness is actually from you know grieving a loss um we have to deal with that issue and and how do we still celebrate when we're grieving and you know at different points in time that that people are grieving sometimes it feels like a doable thing to find ways to include you know memories or traditions um favorite recipes of their their lost loved one and at other times that would just be brutally difficult mm -hmm. and and unable you know you just couldn't do it I appreciate you bringing this up because you know this is my first holiday or, you know, Thanksgiving without my mother and, and I've never spent one without her. So, yeah, it's an interesting time. Yes. And so it's a very different experience. And and I always, you know, I always talk about grief as you don't kick the turtle. You know, if it, when we're grieving, we really have a lot of hard grief work that we have to do and so we're like a turtle that pulls inside of a shell because we're very we're vulnerable we're fragile in some ways and we kind of need to pull away from a lot of a lot of things and people and, and demands and if you want a turtle to come out of the shell you don't kick it to get it to come out it's going to stay in longer and so that's sort of a visual that i use to remind people not to kick themselves not to let others kick them if what they really need to do is turtle. Go inside, um, yeah. Whether it's at the holidays or any other time. I like that.
Okay, shifting. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of the reasons I want to do this episode is because when we were talking, you shared some really good ones, and the bingo card is my favorite. But <laughs> what are some good strategies for dealing with those get-togethers, especially if um, you know there can be some contention or stress involved? Yeah. Well, this is this sort of goes along with the theme of you know putting the fun back in dysfunctional, <laughs> uh, which which my clients and I will joke about all the time. These are these command performance situations, you know, where we ha- we have to get together with family. They they really stress us out. So one of the strategies I came up with um, to help people and and it, it works really well, and I've done it myself. Mm-hmm. Is you come up with a bingo card. So you just draw on a piece of paper, you know however many cells that you want in your bingo card. And of course you get that middle one free (laughs) and then you're going to write in stressful things that you're anticipating that you'll experience or, you know, mean or offensive things that you expect, you know, your uncle to say, or an uncomfortable issue that you expect, you know, your sister to bring up. And you put all of those onto your bingo card. Which these days, of course, would have to include politics. They'd have to include the when are you getting married? They would have to be, oh, have you put on weight? You know, all of those kinds of things would would be spots on. Or a complaint about your cooking. Yes. Yes. Whatever it is. You just, you know, those things that you're like, they're going to be ouch or they're going to be uncomfortable. And what we want to try to do is is have you anticipate it, predict it. And in some sense, almost hope that it's going to happen because you're going to promise yourself if you get a bingo, um, you come up with a treat for yourself, something that you normally wouldn't wouldn't get or, or do or allow for yourself. And so you're kind of almost hoping that you're going to have enough of those things happen on your bingo card to be able to to, to get that for yourself. Oh, and you can anticipate it, right? Yes. <laughs> you're just hoping that it's going to happen instead of dreading that it's going to happen. I love it. Yeah. So that's one of the things that just seems so healthy to me. <laughs> well, we do know that if you can laugh at something, you immediately change the energy about it. So that's whether you're anxious or whether you're depressed. If you can find a funny way, a humorous, it can be dark humor. I think this is a bit of a dark humor thing to, mm-hmm. to put a bingo card about your family, but it works and <laughs> it's funny and it makes you laugh and it keeps you in a better mood. And I think that's a win. And nobody else has to know. Nobody else has to know that that's how you're approaching dealing, you know, with a, a tough a tough family get together. So get your stamper, stamp it. <laughs> ink, ink, ink. Exactly. I, I, I do really like that. There are things that you know they're going to say and they drive you <laughs> wild. Yeah. But if you got to say, you know, bam, I'm one closer to giving myself whatever your treat is, whatever your prize that you've assigned. Um, I, I like it. I like it an awful lot. Yeah. And some other things that I, that, you know, I almost always end up saying to, to help people deal with family is, you know, set, set some firm limits on, on things that you know will, will, will make it easier for you. So that could be topics that you're going to discuss, the amount of time you're going to spend with people. Um, if you're traveling, it might be where you're, you're going to stay. Um, and, if you can, I, I always tell people if you're traveling and you have to be with family for an extended period of time, see if you can't maneuver things so that when you get back, you give yourself your own vacation day to, re, you know, sort of recover from that and do some <laughs> things that maybe you, you want to do for the holiday and you haven't been able to because, you know, you were on somebody else's agenda. Mm-hmm. Um, but a buffer day. You know, do not come back from travel and being with family and expect to just jump right back into, 
you know, the flow, you know, you want to give yourself a buffer there. And I think that's true, whether you are really, really looking forward to it, or if Mm -hmm. you're not, either way, I think it can be nice to come back and just have a, you know, whether that's just unpacking and washing all your clothes, or it seems very self-respectful. Yeah, to recover and and get some energy back. And, you know, because again, all of this takes energy, you know, the planning, organizing, preparing, traveling, socializing, it's all requiring that we be able to meet a demand. So acknowledging that and remembering to take care of yourself is really, really important. Yep, I agree. Those are some really good tips. And I, I like the idea, you know, it's hard enough, I think, living with depression when we don't have control over, you know, when it's going to rear its ugly head. And so holidays, I feel a real loss of control. But the idea of turning some of it around and of caring for ourselves at the back end of it, um, I think mm-hmm. that's all really good advice. And uh, I have not gotten it from my own therapist. So again, I'm extremely grateful to you for sharing what you have found works for your own clients. We'll all get through it. We'll all get through it, right? We will. <laughs> and we, we might will. even enjoy some of it. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, oh, yeah, we get to ask people. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. So a quick note to you as a listener, if there's anything that has worked for you, anything that does work for you, anything you do to protect yourself or prepare yourself or recover from holidays, we would absolutely love to hear it. And we can do another episode in December. So if you want to go to givingvoicetodepression.com, there's a record button. You don't have to leave your name. And just tell us how you get through the holidays in a way that is healthy and nurturing for yourself. And then we can put some of those together and do another episode. That sounds great. We truly hope that our podcast brings a little more understanding, helps you better articulate and reflect on your own experience with depression, or better understand how to support someone else who is struggling. If this episode has been of comfort or value to you, know that there are hundreds of others like it in our archive, which you can easily find at our website, givingvoicetodepression.com. And remember, if you're struggling, speak up, even if it's hard. If someone else is struggling, take the time to listen. 